we're following the example that Paul left. It's not something that we're creating, and we're thankful for the organization that we can go with. But Paul trained others to train others to train others. Uh, he put together a team and he sent them out. Uh, you know, and so this is nothing more than following the New Testament example we have. And if you want to change the world, I think you follow the New Testament formula for doing that. Yeah, for us, it just seems right, especially with the, the resources we have. We're just so thankful we have the opportunity. Argentina covers the most southern portion of the South American continent. The world's eighth largest country, Argentina, occupies an area more extensive than Mexico and the U.S. state of Texas combined. It encompasses immense plains, deserts, tundra, and forests, as well as tall mountains, rivers, and thousands of miles of ocean shoreline. Argentina also claims a portion of Antarctica, which I did not know, as well as several islands in the South Atlantic, including the British-ruled Falkland Islands. The 1970s ushered in a period of military dictatorship and repression during which thousands of presumed dissidents disappeared or murdered. The country The country's name comes from the Latin word for silver, argentum. Argentina is indeed a great source of valuable minerals. More important, however, has been Argentina's production of livestock and cereals, for which it once ranked among the world's wealthiest nations. Well, today on Mid-South Viewpoint, we're going to travel to Argentina through the eyes of three men who recently returned from this country to invest in the world's most valuable message to all mankind. Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Point Mike Delisle, who's Thank the pastor. Mike, how are you doing? Merry Thank Christmas. You. Merry Christmas to you. The pastor of Evangel Church, and you've got two of your partners, <laughs> church members, that actually traveled with you. We've got Connor Walker and Garrett Smith. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Really looking forward to learning about your travels. First, uh, tell me about Christmas at Evangel. <clears throat> I think you recently had a special Christmas presentation, music. Yeah, uh, yeah last do? night, uh, the kids. At the church, had the opportunity to tell the story, and you know it's always uh, fresh when it comes through the eyes of a child, and uh, to see them act out uh, really Luke chapter two and walk through the Christmas story, and then surround that with song with some folks from our church. It was just a great night, and wow. then uh, we ended it with doing what Evangel does so well: we ate. <laughs> so music. Uh, storytelling and eating. It was a wonderful Christmas time. Well, it's good to have you back, Mike, in the studio. It's been a couple of years, I think. Is it yeah, been a long yeah, or probably longer? been four. So. Is, is it been, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's time, gone by fast. Time flies. Yeah. You know, it really does. And, of course, Connor Walker here is longtime connected with the station. His dad and mom, uh, fast talker. We've got Lance and Terry Walker. <laughs> fast talker. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, do you talk fast, too, Connor? I have the ability to talk fast. Can you actually do the auctioneering stuff? Yeah. Can yeah, you really? Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can. Uh, uh, you grew up doing riddles. Can you give us an example? Maybe with something about Christmas? No, no. <laughs> I don't know if I can, I can make something up on the fly. You do the 12 days of Christmas, maybe, or something like that. <laughs> can you give us something? Yeah, sure. Uh, one dollar bit now, two now, two. What do you mean, two? Two dollar bit now, three, three. You three, three. What do you mean, three, three, three? I'll give you three. <laughs> That's as high as I can go. You gotta hear him share the gospel that fast. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, it was real bad getting in trouble at home. <laughs> Garrett, how about you? Are you an auctioneer too? <laughs> no, no. My uh, my speech is much slower than that. <laughs> so people can understand what you're saying. That's important too. You've got a Turner on your vest now. Is that Turner Dairy? Is that Turner Broadcasting? No, tell me about your jacket. It's a Turner Construction. I'm 
I'm a superintendent for a general contractor here in Memphis. Oh, fantastic. And how long have you been doing that? Uh, Ten years. And, of course, Connor's in the real estate business. You don't work directly with your dad. No, I'm with a group called Commercial Advisors. So we're Cushman and Wakefield affiliate office. Okay, so tell me about this trip, Mike, to Argentina, which you've been back now for how long has it been? Uh, It's been about a month. We went at the very beginning of, you know, the first, second week of November. Which, uh, you know, is kind of interesting because being at the other end of the world, it's the seasons are the, the opposite. So we were going down there kind of at the beginning of their spring as we were coming into fall and winter. Oh. And uh, so it was a um, little change of seasons. So what about the specific plans? Why did you decide to go to Argentina? Well, a few years ago, um, we began supporting an, an organization called Training Pastors International. Um, and uh, their role and their goal in their ministry is to take education to pastors that are limited either geographically, economically. And so they have a curriculum that they take to pastors all over Central and South America. And so we connected with the organization, and then they began a class at Ushuaia, Argentina, which is um, the end of the world. And really the caption, when you go to the city, is the end of the world, the beginning of everything. We opened up talking about the vastness being the largest of the countries there in South America. So in what portion of the country were you guys in the central the northern the southern very southern tip so if you go south through argentina you go through patagonia and then you end up in terra del fuego which is kind of the launch point to go to antarctica so the very southern tip of argentina is ushuaia wow and so it's uh about 6300 miles i think down there and so Um, are you below sea level above sea level well it's right at the coast you're right on level right at the coast but it's interesting surrounded by mountains so just a in incredible confluence of so much uh, majesty in one place. But it was, you know, we were connected through TPI. We had the opportunity to go teach a class called uh, Pioneer Evangelism. There were two goals. One is to take our church from a mission standpoint to realize we're called to the ends of the earth. And so we literally could go to the ends of the earth, but then also see what it is to multiply disciples. And so we had a great opportunity to go with that organization and and do some training with the pastors. Garrett, was this your first time out of the U.S.? Not the first time out of the U.S., but first mission trip. First time, pretty amazing experience, especially when you go that far away from home. Was there like an announcement at church that said, hey, we're going to take this trip? Or how did you discover about this opportunity? I think this would be great for Connor to talk about in our announcement of how we decided to. uh, (laughs) Were you tricked into this? (laughs) (laughs) I was told we were going on a mission trip. Now, the distance may have been a little bit aloof to me. Okay, maybe the the pastor kept a few things back. (laughs) (laughs) So, Connor, you knew where you were going. Yes. Is this your first time out of the U.S.? it is not. I've been on a, I've been on some mission trips before with with Bellevue and some other groups, but no, it was it was definitely the furthest that I've ever been <laughs> by far. Okay, so the organization that you traveled under their auspice is helping to train pastors. Yes, which my goodness, that's a pretty important thing, right? Yes, you're yeah, a pastor. Well, you know, when you pastor a church the size of Evangel, you know, we're a small little community church, 100 150 members, and so the question is, how do we most efficiently use the resources we have to answer the call that is in the Great Commission. How does a church our size impact the world? And the best way to do that is to be connected with an organization that multiplies churches. Yes. And so training pastors has that ability to go in, train pastors, and then plant churches that plant other churches, that plant other churches. So multiplying what God has blessed us with, we want an organization that is like that. So it just, it fit with who we are. It kind of sounds like, gentlemen, that this is 
part of the Great Commission, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. What was the travel like for you, Garrett? I mean, so you leave Memphis, you, you start on an airplane, did you wind up on a donkey? I mean, how did you get... <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the travel experience. Well, it was interesting, because I remember we talked about it. said, so, well, we think we're going to fly in-state, and then we'll fly to the country, and there might be a bus, and then the bus to a van. And I was like, wow, this is getting this is getting a little bit further out there. We might actually end up on a donkey. But no, it was, it was good. It was from here to Dallas to Buenos Aires, which is a huge airport, and it's a huge town, huge city. Um, and then we took into another small flight into Ushuaia, and then we were picked up by our host family, um, a father named Grimaldo and his son, Noel, and they took us in their car. They took us to our hostel uh, where we stayed, and then they, they showed us their city, which they were very proud of. I bet they are. And, Connor, what about, was language a barrier for you guys? Certainly for me it was. <laughs> uh, uh, I was, uh, 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 yes. <laughs> well, everything we did was through a translator. Actually, Noel, the son of, of one of the elders there at the church, was was great at showing us around and, and translating for us. And then when we gave our lessons, we, we were speaking through a translator okay. uh, for them. So. Was that kind of a challenge for you? Very much. Yeah, yeah, you you, uh, you you couldn't you, be a fast talker, could you? You could not. You could not. You, you definitely had to get into the rhythm of, of going back and forth with a translator. So first time for that. What about for you, Garrett? Language and then an obstacle? Yes, it definitely was. Um, but I think it was interesting to see how having that translator there, you could see their their eyes light up once they heard it from her. Right. They would look at me, and then some of them would click. But then once they saw it from her, then it would make sense to them, and that was that was pretty incredible to see. So not only does Pastor Mike take you to this faraway place. That you can't speak the language, which he probably speaks fluently, right? Oh no! <laughs> Look, I, I'm not sure I speak English fluently. <laughs> Mike, it is a challenge, though, isn't it, to go to it a place is. that you know you believe God wants to take this opportunity, but not speaking the language makes it a little more challenging. It does, um, but you know that's part of the glory of it, in that you see the Holy Spirit and and the the power of God kind of press through those obstacles, and so you're you're communicating. Um, through a translator, uh, you see the lights go off uh, in the eyes of the translator as, as you know, they receive what you're saying. You then see, as Garrett was saying, you see the faces of those who are listening, uh, and it clicks in their eyes, and you realize how powerful our God is to take us beyond our comfort, beyond, you know, the barriers that, that are there, and press through those uh, for the kingdom. And uh, it's it's an amazing thing to see. And how many days were you guys there? We taught for four days. Mm-hmm. All in told, the travel, I think, was about nine days. Okay. Uh, from the time we left, a couple days down or a couple days back, we stayed a couple days to kind of see the area. It was just phenomenal. Any unusual experience or anything just kind of stands out to you that you weren't expecting or just a God thing? I'm sure mm-hmm. the whole experience was a God thing for each of you. For me, I'll tell you, I got to sing while I was down there and play the guitar, and it was uh, a saying, come thou fount of every blessing. And it was really cool because it was either later that day or maybe the next day, I, I don't remember, but in multiple ways, they sang Come Thou Fount, both in Spanish while we were down there and then in a uh, kind of a local dialect while we were there, too, which was really cool to hear this family to sing the song that, that we know so well. Um, but it was a neat neat experience to be able to worship with someone but not speak the same language. What about for you, Garrett, the unusual experience or something God kind of taught you that more specifically to where you were at the moment? I was definitely going to say that when we sang Come Thou Fountain, if Connor led, or then if Diego, one of the other guys, led in Spanish, we knew the melody. You could just tell. You knew exactly what the song was, even if you didn't know the words. Um, And then I'd say another thing was our last day, we actually sent 
the people that were with us out just to go walk their community to find what we'd call a man of peace. And they would just go talk to those people, see if they'd be interested in coming to their church. And then sometimes they'd have good conversations and sometimes they didn't. Sometimes it was rejected, but there was a there was a family that they had met and they were able to pray over them. And Connor and I witnessed that and watched that. And that was just a really cool thing to see that wow, that's uh, beautiful. in the streets. To, yeah. Just to kind of show you that, you know, our faith is active, that you can go out. So, you know, Pastor Mike, I was just thinking about that verse in Revelation that talks about gathering around the throne, all Amen. nations, and of course, singing praise to the Lamb on the throne, you know? Amen. I don't know if we'll be speaking Spanish in heaven, or, <laughs> or I've got, I got a lot of lessons learned that we do, but, but the message of song and how you guys celebrate it together. Jesus, even though, like you said, you can't speak the same language, but how music connects your hearts. Yeah, that's been one of the things that, uh, whether it's in Ushuaia or it's in Colombia or Peru or, you know, other other places that I've been, you know, the, the, the sense of fellowship that the Holy Spirit brings as you lift your voices, whether the words are the same or not, is, is just a thing that is overwhelming. And, and um, I've never... Uh, I think felt closer to a group than than when there is that unity and fellowship in music. And you're right. I mean, music is just kind of the medium that brings the hearts together. You know, what a wonderful time of, of year to be reminded of that. Okay, so did you guys regularly eat Taco Bell, KFC? I mean, <laughs> what, what, what was the food experience like? Meat, a lot of lots meat. of meat, carne. Yes. Yeah. What's the yeah. diet? Primary meat, you say? Yeah, I don't think there was a meal where there was not some slab of meat. Which was, you know, they were very gracious in mm-hmm. in how they treated us. And but like you shared in the in kind of the the intro, you know, so much of the economy, so much of the country is around uh, that production. And so, um, yeah, we we had quite a bit of. Meat. Well, being close to the ocean, was fish part of the diet, too? Really not. Really? Uh, now, it was interesting. Ushuaia did have a kind of local thing that they were known for, and that was a kind of a king crab. Yeah. We never had the opportunity to have any, but that's something that I could tell the city was known for. So, yeah, there is some seafood there. We just didn't get to partake. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys have any issues with the food, Connor? No. We, we were pretty lucky, pretty blessed. to. Uh, uh, I've been on trips before where that has been a major issue. Uh, this one was not... The was, was not an issue at all. So. <laughs> Year for you? No, it, was, it worked out great. I uh, was trying to just keep up with Connor and how quickly he would clear his plate. <laughs> I enjoyed it thoroughly. That was a sight to behold. <laughs> Talk about the condition of the church in the area where you were. How's it doing? Uh, the participation of the church in this class that we taught was something that was really fairly overwhelming. I mean, uh, fathers, mothers, you know, husbands, wives, children, they were all participating in this. And, you know, as Garrett was sharing, when we went out, whole families went out. Mm -hmm. And so that, for me, was very uh, encouraging to see that what we were teaching and what we were leaving there was really embraced by the full faith community there. And so, you know, smaller church, uh, I would say not all that dissimilar to the one that that we go to, um, uh, loves their community very much like we do. Uh, and then to see them embrace, really, the gospel call, the, the Great Commission. Um, I'm excited to hear about what happens in that community through that church. Garrett, based on Pastor Mike's response, how do you hope connecting with the people will benefit most? What I remember telling them as we were getting ready to leave was I was just impressed with the family love that they showed each other. And I would like to see that continue just to, to be a, a bright point for them and that to grow because that was really impactful for us because there was never a time where we didn't enter that, that church 
that we didn't get a hug or a kiss on the cheek just mm-hmm. to show that, you know, we are so glad you're here. Living out their faith in the area where they are, is it pretty easy to do? Is there persecution among the followers of Christ? I didn't sense that there was any heavy persecution. You have a, a heavy Catholic community around there. Uh, so a lot of their conversations are with those that have been brought up through Catholicism. They seem to be able to have conversations that uh, were good gospel conversations. Uh, but you did sense that there was a concern for some of the um, the turmoil in Bolivia, some of the, the countries around them, uh, that they also were feeling concern for their, their brothers and sisters in the surrounding countries. So uh, I think there's a little bit of anticipation that they may face some. We didn't sense it when we were there. You know, sometimes when you anticipate a trip like this, especially if you've never been to the area, there's the unknown. Did you guys, Connor Garrett, have any particular fears that anything that you might have been fearful about as you travel? You know, you're obviously concerned about just the travel aspect of it. You know, going down there. Um, uh, you know, trying to get through TSA. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know. Honestly, it was the area that we were in. Is it's got a kind of a, a tourist element to it jumping off point to to uh antarctica um it's it's you know it's it's a lot of backpackers come through there so you know the the getting there was was long and hard but it wasn't um like i've been to honduras and you're you're you know we were uh you know on that trip we were sneaking medicine through the you know the uh uh uh, their security at the airport you know things like that um but but this was it was long but it was pretty accessible that was the only thing that I was really concerned about going down there. I think we, we had such a warm reception from these pastors that that, that, that brought us in. They, they made us feel at ease. So. Nice. And for you, Garrett? I feel like there's two things, and I remember writing about it, was uh, just the distance and being this far away from my family. Um, I, have a, I have a little boy who's 17 months old, and I just I missed him when we were down there. And then secondly, I'm not a teacher, and so this was a, this was a stretch for me to, to get out of my comfort zone and just thinking through that. But, man, the Holy Spirit really provided provided me and i know for all of us um just words and just to uh to be vulnerable to be personable and and just to speak to us so. and pastor mike as garrett talked about the holy spirit providing can you maybe share some other examples how you feel the holy spirit really provided for you guys well i think in every aspect of it i mean because there are logistics and i think the lord provided for those i, I know that there were times we we're traveling and and time looked like it would be an issue and the lord kind of opened doors for us to um, make it through whether it's checking our bags or something so that we could we could kind of stay on schedule but the the big thing is in the communication and the fellowship you know seeing that um, language is not a is not a barrier and um, and seeing the unity again of that fellowship that we have because we're indwelled by the same Holy Spirit it's just a wonder to see now since you guys have been back which has been just for a few weeks now have you had any contact with the people where you stayed with Do you communicate with them yeah there's a couple guys that uh, you know Facebook seemed to connect a lot of people yeah and uh, had a few messages come back really from the the younger guys that you know we've already mentioned Nawel and uh, and and another young guy there that um, helped us kind of communicate and you know they've communicated uh, their their prayers their their mm-hmm. gratitude um, and continue to kind of keep in touch that they're continuing to take the gospel out and uh, I so greatly appreciate that and yeah. so looking forward to keeping in touch with those mm-hmm. guys 
as we were joking about earlier, I'm not I'm not on I'm not on I'm not very good with uh, with the Facebook. Uh, but <laughs> but they wanted to stay engaged with us. Uh, one thing that was cool while we were down there, we we had a night that that one of the one of the leaders of the church that that we were teaching, they brought us into their house and they wanted to have dinner with us. And luckily, a couple of the guys there could speak English, and and we got into this discussion on baptism and and what does that mean? Um, you know, you know what what does that you know what what we believe does that really mean? Um, one of the guys you could tell was obviously wrestling with that. He was baptized at a, at a you know after he became a believer, but but at a young age and 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 or, or after he thought he'd become a believer, but he was just struggling with the he had kind of left his faith for a time, and, and he was struggling with well should I have been baptized? And we kind of talked through that, and but it was neat to see that to connect with them over this theological discussion, but. We didn't speak the same language, yeah. uh, but but just to see them wrestle with some of the same things that we wrestle with was, was a really neat way to connect with them. Okay, plans to return. Will you go back to the same area? Would you go under the this ministry and travel to another country? You know, there's some discussion about maybe going down there for graduation. So this is part of a, a three-year program. There's different classes, different curriculum that they're taught. Uh, they'll have their graduation in probably the spring of 2021. I would love, if the Lord allows, for us to be able to go down there and celebrate that with them, at least take a couple just to represent our church. But I think there's also the opportunity that we will look for other countries to go to to take the same training in Central and South America. And that's kind of the plan. You know, when we shared with the church, had several people come up and say, hey, I would like to learn uh, how to share what it is that you shared. And at that point, that's the perfect response. You know, from a pastor's heart to have that response uh, was so gratifying. And so uh, I'm so grateful to the Lord for giving us that opportunity. And, and Mike, how do you feel like this trip impacted the congregation of Evangel? I mean, of course, three of you went, but you got the members behind. I'm sure they prayed right. and were connected with you guys. But how do you feel like this infuse the congregation there at Evangel. Yeah, uh, give them a vision beyond our own, you know, kind of local boundaries. Uh, this is kind of the start. You know, it, one of the reasons they're looking at this place was to look at the farthest so that the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest closely. Um, so they came on very um, uh, graciously to support it financially, to pray for us. We knew that they were supporting that. But then also after we shared, um, they could feel part of what we did, but then also have an appetite to go themselves. And so I think the greatest impact is to see that um, we can impact the world. I really love the playing field, if you can use that term, where you guys have been ministering from with the connecting the local church and trying to support the pastors there. I think it's so important. And not to diminish people who travel for mission trips to do work, construction, and build things. And I have a family member who is from Central yeah. America, as you know, and she has watched over the years many church groups come down. And sometimes a lot of churches can be less helpful. And so I think trying to build up the local pastor in that context, guys, I think that is just really fantastic. Well, that's that's the hope, and that's the, the assurance we have. We know that uh, we're following the example that Paul left. It's not something that we're creating, and we're thankful for the organization that we can go with. But Paul trained others to train others to train others. Uh, he put together a team and he sent them out. Uh, you know, and so this is nothing more than following the New Testament example we have. And if you want to change the world, 
I think you follow the New Testament formula for doing that. Yeah, for us, it just seems right, especially with the, the resources we have. Uh, we're just so thankful we had the opportunity. There might be those listening right now, guys, that you might be able to offer some encouragement to that have been contemplating, you know, maybe even praying about how God might use them for an opportunity to travel on a, a similar trip. Gary, what kind of encouragement would you give to them? What I was talking about earlier is do not be afraid of your inabilities. The things that you can do are pretty incredible with the Holy Spirit and what he can work through and what he can do and change. And it speaks volumes to the people that you might encounter or that you might see. When I was down there, I, I said that I work in construction. I'm, I'm not a teacher. I'm not as a good a speaker as what Mike is, but I, you know, I can love people. And I would say that if you can just let him work in you and just let God, you'll, uh, you'll be pretty amazed. And what I love about your story is you totally stepped out of your comfort zone. You could have gone down and, and designed a building with no problem, but you did something out of the norm. I like your availability, and I think that's what God's looking for, right? Amen. Amen. And, Connor, how would you encourage somebody thinking about it? Yeah, I, I think if you feel the Holy Spirit pressing on you— the best thing to do is to just lean into that pressing. It's amazing how how blessed you can be when you follow the will of God. When you follow that voice that's within you that you can tell that's the Holy Spirit moving me in this direction. That that's the that's the best thing to do. And and the great thing about this was that you could tell that this was making such an impact on on this church and their ability to go out and minister. You know, we taught 21 lessons. Mm. But it was it was very deep things, but it was th- it, they were things that we all knew, yeah. um, and and it was laid out in such a way that uh, I wouldn't say you didn't have to think about it, but you 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 didn't have to you weren't you weren't creating the lesson. The lesson was there for you. You just learned the lesson right. and then taught someone else. And so, I, I mean, at least this program and this ministry that we were that we connected to, it, it, they made it. Once you said yes, that you're willing to go, it, the rest was very easy. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it was great. Mike, as we close out, let's bring it back home for a second. For yes, you as a pastor, I was thinking about the Apostle Paul, and he had Timothy, he had Barnabas. They traveled on these missionary journeys together, you know, and they helped strengthen the churches. So what has this been like for you as a pastor to bring these two young men with you on this trip? Well, I mean, that's been the best part of it, uh, to be able to go with brothers um, and to be able to see uh, the Lord work in in not just the community that we went to, but in our relationships together, to know that we've been called to this congregation that is Evangel Church to share the gospel in Memphis. Uh, it gave us opportunity to spend time together, to walk together, to, to teach together. And so, um, you know, that's been an incredible blessing. And, and, and again, I think that's the example that we see, as you've already said, with Paul, you know, he, he took others, he trained others who then would train others. And so what we're doing now will, you know, will echo forward. And uh, that's, that's just an incredible blessing to my heart. Are there pictures and videos uh, on the church website or Facebook page of your travels that people can look at? I don't think we've posted anything, but that's a good idea. <laughs> We've got to now because I want to tell our <laughs> listeners to go and, and check it out. If there's in the next, you know, week or so, they can. I'll tell you what, we'll we'll see if we can get some stuff posted. (laughs) That'd be great. That would be great. Well, guys, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for what each of you have invested in the Christ kingdom by going to Argentina and then bringing back the good news and the stories here with our listeners. Thank you, Connor, Garrett, Mike, for being here today. Uh, Such a blessing. Thank Thank you. you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I do appreciate you stopping by. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. 